Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. My message this morning, I have it titled, Love Thy Neighbor. I think I want to change it to, Who's Your Neighbor? See, in Mark 12, verse 30 and 31, Mark says, or Jesus says in the book of Mark, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Verse 31 says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I found that interesting, and this has been kind of stirring in me for about a week and a half now, that these two commandments encapsulate everything else that we read in the Old Testament as it refers to commandments. It says, there is no commandment greater than these. So, In a world full of thou shalt nots, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. The priority, according to Jesus, is on a thou shalt. Don't lose me because I'm using some Old Old Testament verbiage, I promise, I'm, I'm coming back. He says if you get the thou shalt right, you don't have to worry about the thou shalt nots. Is that right? If we get the two thou shalts, we don't have to worry about the thou shalt nots because they'll be taken care of. So today we're going to focus on the second commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Because see, if we're to love our neighbor as ourself, if that were so, we wouldn't have to worry about thou shalt not steal. Because if you love me like you love you, you wouldn't steal from me because you love me too much to treat me that way. Is that right? Imagine how personal relationships would change if you love the people in your life like you loved yourself. Because I'm going to make sure I eat. I'm going to make sure I got a place to put my head down at night. I'm going to make sure I got decent clothes. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you were as forgiving of them as we are of ourselves... Think about this. Isn't it funny how people that need forgiveness refuse to forgive? Isn't it funny how people that need you to understand their quirks, they don't want to, under, they don't want to understand our quirks, our abnormal behaviors? Isn't it funny how people who need tolerance, they don't want to tolerate us? Think about that. If you're going to ask me to tolerate you, then demonstrate it by tolerating me, right? I can't accept you being different, but I want you to accept me being different. Yeah? See, the reality is this. We always want to get more than we give. 
See, the concept of the second, amendment, of the second commandment obliterates selfishness. Because if we're going to love somebody else like we love ourselves, you can't be selfish. You can't be selfish and love your neighbor like you love yourself. There's no way possible. And that's why it takes care of all the thou shalt nots. Because if we're not a selfish person and we care about others like we care about ourselves, we don't have to worry about stealing, killing, committing adultery. If I'm focused on loving her, I don't have to think about anybody else. Because I'm, th- I'm focused on what's right, not what's wrong. See, maturity, I remember as a teenager, you want to focus on being you and becoming you. And you get told that a lot by adults. Focus on becoming you. You know, be you. Don't, don't be a follower. Be a leader. And I think sometimes in that process, we get so stuck on self that we kind of get stuck there. So I want to talk about, for a second, how do we get there? How do we get to being unselfish? Number one, we have to know and understand the love that God has for us. See, the Apostle Paul understood how God loved him. How many people could sit in a jail and write books for the Bible? You see, a lot of us are controlled by our circumstances. See, he knew Jesus spiritually, but he also knew him personally. And he was there to experience firsthand the love of his Savior. See, he tried to communicate this to us in 1 John chapter 4. He said, if we love one another, God abides in us. But if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? He also said in Galatians 2.20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, if we understand how God loves us, it's a lot easier to care about others. The love of God constrains us. It restricts, it contains, it holds. See, I remember in the days before I was saved, it didn't matter where I was or it didn't matter as much about what I said or if, if you were a partier or, or had a drinking problem. It didn't matter if you weren't saved how much you drank or how you acted I mean, I guess a little bit based on how you were raised, but how's that working for our kids nowadays if you're just based on how you were raised? Because I can tell you, kids nowadays ain't being raised like we were raised. They didn't have Davy Hires as their dad, I promise you that. See, if you don't have the love of God, you can go anywhere, you can be anybody, you can do anything, you can say anything, but when you have love for God and the love of God constrains us, there's no way you can get out of it. I think of it like bumper cars. Everybody been on bumper cars? You're going to have some collisions in your walk with Christ, but you can't go outside of that arena. That bumper car won't, you hit the side of that thing, it just bounces you back in. That's the love of God. It constrains you. It holds you within a certain realm of how you can act and what you can say because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is for real. For real. There's been some things that I've said or some, some ways that I've acted since I got saved and I had to go to them and apologize because I couldn't get over it until I did. See, ultimately, no matter what your mood, your feelings, your attitude, his love always grounds us and pulls us back into the fold. Number two is loving yourself first. 
in nine years of law enforcement, I don't ever recall arresting a man that beat his wife that I since liked himself. Never have I arrested anyone for violence upon another that I sensed loved themselves. I can't remember. I thought about it for a while. I even went back through some of my reports and over the years and just to, just to put faces to what I'm about to say, and I never sensed that. See, the Bible says love her as you love your own body. If I love Sarah like I love me, I'm not going to beat her. But if you don't love you, then it's easier to beat her because you're really angry and you're guilty about you. So if you're going to break through the bondage, you have to learn how to love yourself because people who love themselves are much easier to love and much easier to be around than people who don't like themselves. See, when you feel... I got it. Come here for just a second. She ain't prepared for this. I can do this to her. I used to be her youth pastor, so I'm allowed, right? See, I just, I just brought her into my circle, right? So whatever my cologne is, if I'm sweaty, if I'm stinky, you see what I'm saying? If I'm going to throw a punch, then she's drawn into a punch. If I'm going to hug her, then she's drawn into love, right? See, mine and her body are connected right now. So whatever I'm bringing into the mix, she is too, right? Thank you. So that's why it's important that we love ourselves. Because while she, when she's connected to me, if I'm crazy, or I'm, or I'm a self-hater, or I'm depressed, or I'm insecure, all that's going to be with her too, because she's connected to me. So whatever fight I was having, or whatever mood I'm in, is now hers too. So the healthiest people that are capable of loving are people that love themselves. We have to get to a place that we like me before we can like somebody else. The second commandment. He says there's two priorities. Loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So let, let me be real honest with you here. So I'm kind of presenting to you guys this morning kind of like an unfinished chair because this is a conversation me and God have been having, so I'm just letting y'all eavesdrop in our conversation, okay? So don't feel like I'm preaching at you. I'm really preaching to myself because I was told by some dispatchers when I started at the sheriff's office and I, you know, was a lot closer to when I got saved and I hadn't been exposed to nine years of law enforcement and everything that goes along with that and I think I did a much better job of loving people and being, you know, soft-hearted and tender-hearted. And they said, ah, give it a couple months, maybe a year. You'll be cussing just like us and, you know, bitter just like us. And I said, no, nah, that ain't going to happen. But if you don't pay attention and you're not careful, everything that goes on in our world, see, it ain't a jump. It's a gradual slide. So I'm coming back to an area that I need to work on. So I'm not preaching to you guys, I'm preaching to myself, okay? Y'all just get to eavesdrop on the conversation me and God are having, okay? Mm -hmm. 
So what are our priorities? What are the core values through which you let God in or you let people in? Is it by how much money they make? Is it by who they voted for? Is it by how much money they make? Do they see things the way that I see them? What's our priorities? See, God says that you love your Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your mind. And that you love your neighbor as yourself. I want to go deeper with this. Say, say he's going deeper. See, God legislates love. And he commands us to do it. See, if God commands us to do something, that means we're capable of doing it, right? Because it wouldn't be fair if I looked at Bernadette and I looked at Latricia and I said, be white and blonde-headed and blue-eyed. Right? They, they've known me since I was little. I can, I can do that. They love me. It's not, that's not capable. They're not, they're not capable of that. See, God's not going to command us to do something that we're not capable of. Don't worry, the goal today is to get everybody out of here in time to take their meds and for Adam Hires to go to foul play and get home and take a nap. Because <laughs> I'm on night shift and I went to bed about a quarter to three this morning. <laughs> so if he commands us to do something, then it must be within my power to accomplish it. Because it wouldn't be just for him to command me to do something that I cannot do. So that must mean that love is controllable. So let's look at this. So who's my neighbor? Is it someone who lives next to me? Is it someone that's the same color as me? Is it someone that voted for the same person that I did? Is it someone that makes the same amount of money that I do? Is it somebody who looks at things like I look at them? Who, who's my neighbor? See, we got to be careful because when we're reading the scriptures, if we start looking for loopholes in God's word, we're already guilty. Because I got news for you. There's no loopholes in God's word. Anybody know the story of the Good Samaritan? You're about to get it again this morning if you don't. So congratulations. Luke 10, 25 through 37, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And behold, a certain lawyer, leave it up to a lawyer, stood up and tested him, Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What's your reading of it? See, when me and God are having conversations and he asks me a question, you better be careful. Because when he asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He wants to see if you know the answer. So see, he's already setting them up right here. Jesus is so cool. So the lawyer answered and said, You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. If you ain't never understood this story before, you're going to get it today. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Here's the loophole. But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, So who's my neighbor? Jesus said to him, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So that tells us right there, if someone was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, this man's a Jew. Okay? So a Jewish man. And he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, 
and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, who was a Jewish man, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. So we have a priest, not Pastor B, that saw a man that was stripped and beaten and went around. We have a Levite, a Jew and a Jew, right? Jewish man was beaten, Levite's a Jew. Went around the other side. So the person that we would have perceived to be a neighbor, right? By common sense, a priest and a Jew alike has passed by this man. But it goes on to say, but a certain Samaritan who's a descendant of Samaria, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal. So he gave him his car, right? Back then, that, that was your transportation. Brought him to an inn and took care of him. Verse 35 says, On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, two dollars. I don't know how to translate. I just try to make stuff real for today. <laughs> and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. That's pretty good treatment right there, ain't it? That's pretty good treatment right there. So which of these three do you think was his neighbor? To, who he, to, to him who fell among the thieves. And the lawyer said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. I don't chase many rabbits when I'm preaching, but I just thought of something. And, you know, I normally do tithes and offerings up here. So, I, you know, I got to touch on that for just a second. Brother Paul, Cole, me, we don't get up here and blow smoke, guys, over something that we don't experience ourselves. Okay, it says the man gave him, gave the innkeeper money and said, whatever more he spends, I'll come back and take care of it. That tells me that this guy is pretty well off because if I'm, if I'm rubbing pennies together, I'm not really going to say to an innkeeper, hey, take care of this man and whatever else he spends, I'll come back and square it up later. You hear what I'm saying? See, the devil doesn't have a problem with 50 cent or with Eminem, or with any, anybody that's not doing anything for the kingdom, and, and maybe they are, maybe they've changed, but when I listen to them, they definitely weren't by what they were saying in their lyrics. He doesn't have a problem with them being wealthy. But if the devil can keep us broke, and he can keep us pinching pennies together, we don't have the capability of when I'm out there on the street, and I pick up a homeless man, and I say, hey, I'm going to put you in the day's end tonight, and I'm going to give you some money to run over to Burger King and get you a burger tonight. You see what I'm saying? So there, there's some of you, gosh, I got chill bumps. There's some of you in here that are dabbling in, in tithing, and I'm, I'm here to tell you on behalf of Paul and on behalf of Cole and myself, we don't, we don't get up here, we don't get paid to get up here to tell you to tithe. Does it help the church? Yes. But we're up here to try to get you to a place where we are, and that's not that you're not going to go through hard times, and it's not that, that you're not going to struggle sometimes, but the Bible says he'll pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. If you'll just trust him with 10%, if you'll just trust that 90% is blessed because I'm going to give him 10%, he'll set you free. Amen. 
You can tell by this man that money was not his God, that money did not control him for him to say, whatever else he wants, I'll come back and square it up with you later. Just take care of him. Because see, he, he had it all figured out. He had love your neighbor as yourself. He saw the man in need and he, he got a hold of him and he took him somewhere and he put him up and he said, take care of this man. In order to take care of somebody like that, it means you got to love God first. So this guy, he had, the first, he had the two commandments, the most important ones, the thou shalt, he had it figured out. Sorry, I preached for a minute. So the parable of the Good Samaritan is telling us to stop trying to limit who God has called us to love. They don't have to look like us. They don't have to act like us. They don't have to speak like us. They don't have to vote like us. We're called to love them. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. This is Paul again talking to the church of Corinth. He says, he lists all these things that he has and, and, and how awesome he was and how full of God he was. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all the mysteries and have all the knowledge and though I have all the faith so that I could remove mountains if I must, but have not love, I am nothing. We can be as rich as Donald Trump, but if we don't love, the Bible says we're nothing. If you don't love, you're nothing. So, other than God commanding us to love, let's talk about just a couple other things. Why else should we love? And I put these in here, not because they're more, more, than, more important than the commandment from God, because obviously that's number one. But these are, these are two things that I fall back on in my career field that help me love others. Number one, because God is not a respecter of persons. Acts 10, 34, Peter said, he opened his mouth and he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. You ever wonder why bad things happen to good people? Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to bad people. God's not a respecter of persons. Acts 10, 34. See, we, we place degrees on sin. If I tell a lie, but it's with good intent, ah, that's, that's just a one out of ten. If I go and kick Brother Paul in the knee, well, now, now I've touched somebody else. That's, that's probably a five out of ten. If I go and kill somebody or I molest a child, oh, well, now we're talking serious business. That's a ten out of ten. See, one thing to remind yourself, we all got sin. I got sin. That's my wife. She'll tell you. Sin's black and white to God. It's, it's either sin or it's not. It's, it's all the same. It's all on the same playing field. See, he's not, he's not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter who's in the backseat of my patrol car and where I'm taking them. If I'm taking them to the jail, they're the same as me. The only thing that we've done differently, ho hopefully all of us in here, is that we've accepted what's, out, what's available for us. And that's that he's died on the cross for us. And we accept that. And we take that grace in. We take that forgiveness in. And we've accepted it. And hope, hopefully when we do that, we've changed. But besides that, there's no difference between us and them. Just remember this. Anything that God will do for you, he'll do for anybody else. No different. So number two, other than him commanding us, why should we love our neighbor? Is because we make a difference. 
We make, I'm making good time. Ooh, let me get y'all out of here early. We make a difference. See, we carry something that people out there need and that they don't have. We carry something. Matthew 5, 13 and 14 is the, is the two scriptures that most everybody knows. There's a couple songs written from these lyrics. It says, you are the salt of the world. And it talks about the taste of salt and how we bring flavor into things and we make a difference. And then it says, also in, in that same verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. I got a question for you. If you stand in your house and you got the lights on and you look out your window, if it's out in the country where I live, if it's pitch black dark out there, how far can you see? You can't see outside the glass, can you? But how far, if you're in the darkness, can you see one light burning in the house? You ever thought about that? That's pretty cool. So, we carry something and have a flavor that people can taste. We have a light that people can see from way out in the darkness. Look at their last page. See, y'all are, man, Bradley would be proud of me. I want to tell y'all a story, and I can't use his name because I Baker acted him. I like to give y'all names and stuff so that it makes it real, but I can't tell you who he was. I get a call one day. A guy and his girlfriend were fighting. He has a gun. He tries, he didn't fire a shot. I don't, I don't know, he didn't fire a shot. But he told her he was going to kill her, and then he was going to kill himself because she was wanting to leave and, and dissolve the relationship. And he said, I'm not living without you. If you leave me, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill myself. So right before I get there, he gets in his truck, and I'm just giving you details because I know you all like details, and we got a little extra time to play with, so I'm going to say a lot more than what I was going to say. He gets in his truck, and he leaves. Well, right about the time he leaves, I'm turning on the dirt road. Well, y'all know Levy County. If it ain't rain within like 24 hours, dirt roads are like baby powder. I mean, you can't see nothing. So he turns out, of course, he sees me, and he goes away from me. So I'm like fighting my way through the dust, you know, letting dispatch know that this guy's, you know, leaving in his vehicle. And next thing I know, in the cloud of dust, he goes past me the other way. I'm like, gosh. So I spin around, go back. Well, now it's really dusty because now I've got his dust, my dust, and his dust again. So it's really bad. But what I didn't realize was is the side of the see, I'll tell you a little secret. When we go to people's houses, if we can, you always want to keep your passenger side to the house. What does that do? It puts your car between threat and me. So this, this spin around, it's now worked out in my favor because now I'm on the opposite side of where his house was. I don't know what he, why he changed his mind, but he spun around and he went back to his house. Because as I come back his driveway, I'm fighting my way through the dust and I just happen to glance and I see him walking towards my vehicle with a gun in his hand. So, of course, I stop and I put my car in park and I get out. Well, I just kind of rolled around to the back of my SUV and I pulled my gun out and I poked my head around and I said, if you don't put the weapon down, I'm going to shoot you. Something to that effect. It's been a while. He, he got the message because the barrel of a, of a Glock 17 is dark. And I don't miss very well. So he, he was in a bad way. So very calmly, he, he takes the gun and he, 
his vehicle is right there. He, he sets it on the hood of his, of his vehicle and he backs away from it. <laughs> I got to tell you all this too. For some weird reason, he had went back to his chicken coop and he was still holding an egg in his hand. <laughs> well, your adrenaline's going, you know, so when I grabbed this guy to put him in handcuffs, I mean, literally, if I would have farted, I'd have shot this guy. I mean, I had squeezed all the slack out of that Glock 17, and if I would have pooted, sorry, if I would have pooted, I would have shot, I'd have shot him. All right, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go home to my family, all right? I might have to turn my stuff into him and, and, and tell him to have a nice day, go do my little bit of time, but I'm, I'm going back to that, okay? So when I grabbed a hold of the guy, my adrenaline was still pumping, so I guess naturally I, <clears throat> I kind of squeezed his hand while I hear something pop. And then I feel something wet, and it's yellow, and I'm like, I get the handcuff on him real quick, because I didn't know if he was going to change his mind to fight me. I mean, you don't know if people, you know, what their intentions are anymore. So I get the handcuffs on him, and I'm like, I immediately calm down, because I got him in handcuffs. Now I'm like, what the heck is that, dude? <laughs> He's like, I, I went back to my chicken coop, and I grabbed an egg, and I'm like, all right, whew, if, that, if that's all it is, we're good. If it's just a busted egg, we're good. Anyway, I said all that to say this. We get in the car, and I'm taking him, I'm taking him to Meridian. And normally I don't really open up to people too much unless I feel led. So I obviously, I mean, it's been a while. So I obviously felt led. And I began sharing some stuff with this guy. And he began to become emotional. And next thing I know, just out of nowhere, he says, will you pray for me? So I went from almost shooting this guy to getting busted egg on my hand, to praying for a man. And listen, I give real life illustrations up here because that's all I know. I'm not building myself up to be anybody or anything because I'm far from perfect. So don't, please don't look at me when I'm up here and I'm giving you illustrations like this to say that I'm perfect because I'm not. All right, I'm just, I'm using stuff that I did do right to try to help you guys. That, that's all I know. I, I can't speak for anybody else and what they did. Okay, I can speak for myself. So I said all that, that at the end I prayed for him. And when he got out, he got my telephone number, my work telephone number from dispatch, and he called me a couple weeks later, and he thanked me, and he told me how well he was doing. And he left me his phone number. Yeah, yeah. And he left me his phone number, and he asked me, he says, in a couple months, I want you to call me, and I want you to check on me and see how I'm doing. That's pretty cool. Romans 13, 8 through 14. It says, let no debts remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. I know I've missed church some, you know, because of work. And I don't know if Bradley spoke on this. So if he has, I guess y'all wasn't listening because God wanted me to say it again. But I'm, I'm just here to tell you as I close and, and we're in good time. As we grow, 
There's going to be people that come here that need love. They may not smell like us. They may not talk like us. They may not think like us. They might not behave like us. But God wants to be able to trust us and how we're going to treat them. So there's going to be people coming. And we got a chance to make a difference. Because if you were several messages ago, if he was facing this way when I dealt with him, hopefully I turned him just a little bit. And the people that come in here and they have contact with Tomajo, she's going to turn them just a little bit. And the next person they come into contact with in our house is going to turn them just a little bit. And before you know it, we've taken a person that was heading the wrong direction and we've redirected them to go in the right direction. And that's our job. I love you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.